Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Luck favors the bold, and the boldest thing you could do right now would be to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Mojo88Forever. Worry about your own department. Okay. I worked at a national grocery chain for the past decade plus in various roles along the way. A few years ago, I was at one of the first stores in the entire company to have online ordering. I'm sure you've seen it near you. Order online. Come to the store. We bring it out to you. When it first rolled out, I learned very early how to do every stage of the process. Even though it wasn't my job title, it impacts everyone in the store, so I wanted to know the ins and outs of it so that I would be ready for what it meant for me. Early last November, my current store started doing online ordering. They couldn't get anyone to transfer from nearby stores, so they had to hire an entirely new crew and send them to other places to be trained. This training only lasted a few days, then the system went live. Even the department heads were one of these new hires. No one knew what they were doing. Whenever someone pulls up to get their order, a loud doorbell in the pickup office rings. This office is right by my department in a major hallway, so I can hear it. In the first week, this doorbell would ring and no one would come back to the department to get the order. They'd just keep shopping for the order they were working on. They had a phone on them that also chimed, but they ignored it. This led to long wait times and unhappy customers. I started paging over the intercom anytime a customer was waiting for pickup. I would get orders ready so the pickup clerks just had to take them out. Whatever. My department never suffered for this help. It was something I could do quickly and efficiently to keep them afloat. Well, one time a customer called the store directly and I happened to answer it. She said her pickup time was at 1, she got there at 1, and she'd been waiting for 30 minutes. She was pissed. I got her name and checked the computer and saw that the shopping for her order wasn't even complete yet. And none of the pickers were shopping for that order. They were picking orders that weren't due for pickup for another 3 hours. I called my store manager and told her what was going on. She yelled in my ear, Why are you even answering the phone for them? You need to stop making pages. Stop hovering over that department and worry about your own. Not what I expected, considering I had the most experience with online ordering, and these new hires had no idea what they were doing. My store manager knew this, but I said alright, and hung up with her. I picked up the phone call with the customer, and told her it would be a while, and that I was unable to help her further. I also recommended she come in and speak with the store manager if she had any concerns. I went back to my department and started working. It only took a few minutes before I heard the store manager being paged to the front and the shouting that ensued could be heard in every corner of the sales floor. But it doesn't end there. As I said, this program was rolling out in November and Thanksgiving was just a few weeks away. I stopped helping in any way. No overhead pages, no staging orders, no answering phone calls, nothing. The amount of orders skyrocketed and the department was constantly incredibly far behind. 
They routinely had to call customers and tell them they'd have to come later in the day or even the next morning. Big time plummeted, wait time skyrocketed, efficiency ground to a halt. It was horrible, and I just kept my department in tip-top shape, giving the new hires sympathetic looks whenever I would see their beleaguered faces. Eventually, the store manager came to me and asked for my help. I'd love to help, but I was told rather emphatically to worry about my own department. Now, I knew I was in no position to say no. If the store manager told me to do something that I was trained to do, saying no was insubordination and a fireable offense. But that didn't stop me from reminding her that it was her who put them in that situation to begin with. I took great pleasure in the sigh she gave and the genuine apology that followed. I accepted her apology and went to help. The workers are much better trained now, and for the most part, the department's running smoothly. I no longer have to help as much as I did in those early months, but my store manager is happy to have me when the need for help arises. Don't you just love that OP had the expertise to help out and just be the glue guy that everybody needed? Like there's two ropes that are slipping away in both directions, and OP's the person that reaches out, grabs both of them, and holds on tight to not let both of these things slip away. They then say, store manager, the ropes, they're slipping away. And all they get in return is, why are you grabbing the ropes? We didn't ask you to do that. If you tried to overextend yourself and help out and do something that you know was helping, and all you did was get flack for it, would you just drop any help whatsoever? Would it be annoying enough to just say, all right, screw it, you're on your own? Or would you still want to try to help out where you could? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Bills Bayou. You told me that's not my job. I'm not supposed to help the students. 1994 was notable for me as it was when I found a much needed job and I discovered the internet. This was not the flashy multimedia juggernaut where everything's accessible through browsers and apps. This was back when text was king. When the world was opening up to us in 24 rows and 80 columns. Only computer geeks had access instant news from Japan and we did it through protocols like Gopher, Usenet, IRC, FTP, and yes, email. The much needed job came before my current employer moved out of town and would lay off anyone who didn't want to move from New Orleans to Tampa, Florida. A local university hired me as a programmer. My duties were limited to writing and modifying administrative systems and COBOL using dumb terminals and no campus wide LAN local access network. There would be no reason for me to work with the students. This would be made very clear to me a few years later. Access to the internet, or as we called it back then, internet sans definite article, was a major perk to the job. It came as part of working for a university, but had nothing to do with our jobs in MIS what we used to call IT before we called it IT. The student computer lab was next to MIS, which meant that I spent time before and after work and at lunch learning as much as I could. It was a wild and wonderful time for the internet. Expanding your reach meant digging around in FTP folders and finding the right people in chat rooms. Security was a joke and a joy. Within months, I knew more than most of my coworkers. Many knew nothing. Their judgment of me was that I was playing around in the labs. This label was earned in spite of the fact that I had used my playtime to improve the file transfer performance of the only PC connected to a modem by an order of magnitude. I was also connecting with other users of the same COBOL products we were using and bringing solutions to my department. Student computer labs were parts of the Arts and Science College. 
MIS was under finance. Their proximity to MIS was due to their systems requiring the same climate control as the mainframe. The woman in charge of the student labs, call her Jane, was proficient but only knew enough to keep the labs operational. Digging deep into FTP, Gopher, and such was the responsibility of ANS. Less than two years after starting, Jane was coming to me when students would have problems with internet software and protocols. I really enjoyed helping the students because their problems helped me learn even more about the internet. This went on for about a year before the bosses took notice. The MIS director, whose office looked out into the MIS front lobby, was a stickler for keeping to a rigid schedule of work. Likewise, our responsibilities were the only things that should occupy our time. Watching me come and go at Jane's bidding, once or twice a week, had rubbed him the wrong way. He communicated his displeasure with my manager, who likewise took offense that I would think of leaving my desk to help the students. My manager's words were something to the effect of, I don't want to see you helping Jane or the students during work hours. You can help them on your own time or at lunch. I don't want to see you in the student lab when you should be in your office doing your job. She was very direct and made sure I understood the seriousness of the situation. I complied and let Jane know what had happened. She no longer came by my office, but would still try to catch me if she saw me in the labs. Within a few years, the computer labs were moved under the MIS umbrella and we went from being called Management Information Systems to Information Technology. Jane came into the fold. She had a backup, call him Jack, who was still teaching at the time. One day, my manager comes into my office, cue malicious compliance. Manager says, there are a couple students out here having problems in the lab. I say, okay, where's Jane? They say, off today. I need you to help the students. I say, did you try Jack? The manager says he's teaching. I say, well, I'm busy working on Project Ajour. The manager says, you can do that later. Come help these students stop being difficult. Me smiling and being difficult said, are you saying you need me to help the students when I'm supposed to be working? The manager getting icy said, yes, you coming? I say, so it is part of my job? The manager says, when I say it is, yes. I say, well, okay then. From time to time, students were actually shown to my office for assistance. In business, one of the things that kills a company is stovepipes. Departments do not communicate laterally unless it's been approved by the vertical channels. Because I was under MIS, which was under finance, my exposure to the rest of the university was done through the graces of managers above me. My position was, and still is, that the students are the only reason we exist, and it was up to everyone to make sure they got the help they needed. Where did I develop that position? My MBA classes at the very university that employs me. Always let your managers know what you're doing. But if someone can get help for a student through a lateral action, do it. After I was freed of my MIS shackles, there came a day when the director of MIS caught me coming in late from lunch. He asked why I was late from lunch. I was forgiven when I explained that I had found a lost student in the lobby of our building and took them to the correct office in a different building. He actually was a great boss with a great sense of humor. He just had some rigid quirks about schedules and neckties for men. Last December marked 28 years of employment. The neckties are gone, and I now wear jeans and western boots. It just seems like a lot of times when your expertise could be used to help other workers or, you know, the reason anybody's there, the students, that it would be best served to take that 5 or 10 minutes and help them out. 
Sadly, like OP said, some managers are very rigid. No, stay in your lane, don't help anybody out. Because of that, it's obviously very frustrating when they then turn around and say, Hey, can you help this person out? This next story is by Ha Gotham BDN Jr. My work's short-term disability insurance demands I have to use any available vacation time instead of claiming benefits for a scheduled surgery. Okay, allow me to fix this issue by taking 55 consecutive days off with pay. So, my surgery was scheduled a month out, and I intended to use my vacation after the surgery. But no, 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 absolutely can't do that, because if I have PTO available to me, I have to use that before I can claim short-term disability, that of which I'm paying $7 a week for. I'll play ball, scheduled my almost two weeks vacation, according to my surgery and recovery. Oh no, surgery had a scheduling conflict, guess I have to reschedule. But darn, my vacation time's already approved for the original date. It would surely be an inconvenience to reschedule my approved vacation time. Guess I won't have any PTO available for my surgery, and they'll just have to pay my short-term disability. That is conveniently scheduled for the day after my vacation ends. Now this part was just straight up fantastic timing. So I'm like two weeks out from my vacation plus surgery, get a little sick, get tested just in case, and I'll be darned, I'm positive. 10 days off with pay implemented, with last day of quarantine, leading to my first day of approved vacation time. So I'm thinking, hmm, my end of the year's coming up and I'm about to be given additional vacation, and I would hate to have this headache again in the future of being unable to use my short-term disability benefits again if I have a medical problem. Schedule three weeks of vacation time to begin right after surgery and recovery, and because my surgery and recovery ends on the second day of my year, they can't force me to use it instead of paying me the benefits because I won't have any vacation available at the time of short-term disability leave starting. So, 10 days off for quarantine, 8 days vacation, which equals to 10 days off with the weekend, 2 weeks for surgery and recovery, then my 3 weeks vacation approved to start the second day it's made available to me. I am a rule-abiding employee. I'm very sure corporate wants my head on a platter, but unfortunately for them, it's all already approved to their standards. It's a retail job too. I'm like 15 days into my paid leave and my coworkers are straight up not having a good time. Screw them. I just, I hate when they're so rigid about these kinds of things. It just feels kind of scummy. The whole saying, no, 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 you can't have short-term disability leave because you have available paid time off. I guess on the bright side, it wasn't one of those situations where the store was asking you to come in right away shortly after the surgery anyways. I guess at least they seemed to kind of respect the surgery and the recovery time, just not necessarily the method of getting there. The bottom line though, this was definitely just the company trying to look out for themselves and save some money. So honestly, you can't really feel too bad about going about this malicious compliance because they're going to try to look out for them, you're going to try to look out for you. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 